Amen. Amen. Brother Buck, I don't know if you heard me, but kids' church is for all ages today. <laughs> uh, love Brother Buck. Don't you love Brother Buck? Amen. Amen. As we go standing, we can go to the word of the Lord. First Samuel, the 16th chapter. First Samuel 16. The word of the Lord says, And the Lord said unto Samuel, How long wilt thou mourn for Saul, seeing that I have rejected him from reigning over Israel? Fill thine horn with oil and go, and I will send thee to Jesse the Bethlehemite, for I have provided me a king among his sons. Skipping down to verse 11. Samuel said unto Jesse, Are here all thy children? And he said, There remaineth yet the youngest. Behold, he keepeth the sheep. And Samuel said unto Jesse, Send and fetch him, for we will not sit down until he come hither. And he sent and brought him, and now he was ruddy and withal uh, of a beautiful countenance and goodly to look to. And the Lord said, Arise, anoint him, for this is he. Then Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the midst of his brethren. The Spirit of the Lord came upon David from that day forward. And so Samuel rose up and went to Ramah. Amen. I want to preach to you today from this title, What Matters Most? What Matters Most? Amen. You may be seated today. Amen. Last last week... uh, I got to meet, talk with uh, some young young guys for uh, for a little bit, and come to find out that they had some uh, interesting occupations. Uh, one of them was a a an engineer, uh, a diesel engineer, uh, on a crude oil ship, and so his job is they're up in Alaska and they transport oil down to Seattle and uh, Portland and Los Angeles and wherever the ports are. Uh, his job is to make sure that the ship stays running. Because you can imagine a, a ship full of oil is worth a lot of money. And so he is there. Uh, he does that for a living. And that is, that's quite fascinating to even begin to think about that. Uh, but was uh, his friend was also there, and he's in a similar uh, occupation. But uh, what what caught my attention was, uh, well, I've I've thought that they are both maybe work together, but apparently they they're separate uh, companies. And uh, he had, he had said, uh, you know, uh, the captain let me drive the ship, and it was a little nerve wracking. Uh, and so I was like, oh, you know what, you drive one of these big tankers? And he's like, no, uh, nothing that big. And, uh, and I said, well, I remember one time when uh, I rented a boat out and driving around here in the waters, and it's, it's, you know, fun out in the open, but when you go and try to dock the boat, you know, that's, it gets a little nervous because you got to park in like a par- car park, parking space, but you got all these boats, and you don't want to you know, you're floating on uh, on water, and you don't want to smash into all these other nice boats. And so I can understand it's a little nerve-wracking. But then he then proceeded to tell me what kind of uh, ship that he works on and drives. And he put up picture number one, and this is what he got to drive. Uh, and uh, it was, uh, uh, I can only imagine, we have the picture? Sorry. This is what he got to drive and park. And I just, you know, I can't, I can't even imagine if I have a, a you know, issue parking a 20-foot little boat, I can't imagine getting up there and, and trying to park that into a harbor somewhere. But he got to do it, and he was excited to do it. And I'm thinking, man, that's good for you. Uh, I can't imagine doing that. But I said, oh, man, it should be, that should be easy, right? You got computers and all these things, and you just hit a button, and it probably just parks itself. He's like, no, we don't got any of that. You just got a steering wheel. And I'm thinking, man. I don't, I, I can't, I can't imagine that, but that got me thinking about uh, such a large vessel, 600, over 600 foot long, and, and carries all these things, and, and making these trips back and forth, that how one, uh, what, all the parts of this ship that make it go together and, and do what it does, uh, there are so many parts, put up the next picture please, uh, but there is a critical part of 
of this boat, and you can see all the different pieces and parts, and it, it doesn't matter uh, how good the paint job is if it doesn't work, right? Uh, it doesn't matter how many containers you can hold if it, if it doesn't work. It doesn't matter how new it is. Uh, if, if there's something wrong with it, it's not going to work. And so one of the most important parts of this entire ship is that little thing in the back. It's called the rudder. doesn't matter how big it is. It can be a thousand foot long, massive piece of uh, metal and steel. But if you don't have a rudder that's working, you don't have anything. Uh, and so it doesn't matter how much money is in there, how much oil or how much containers. If you don't have that little rudder working, then you really don't have much at all. And so as grand as these things may be, what, what, is, what matters most on that ship is the rudder because you cannot steer uh, without that. You, you're, you're, you're just a, a, a log floating on the water. You can have the best engines in the world, but if your rudder is not working, uh, it doesn't matter uh, what, it, what you have. Uh, James references this in his epistle. He says, James 3 and 3, Behold, we, we put bits in the horses' mouths that they may obey us, and we turn about their whole body. Behold, also the ships, which though they be so great and are driven of fierce winds, yet are they turned about with a very small helm, whithersoever the governor listeth. And so even so the tongue is a little member and boasteth great things. Behold, how great a matter a little fire kindleth. And so just like you and me in this ship, no matter how great or, or how important we may think we are, one of the things that is so critical in our life is our, this little thing in our mouth called the tongue. The tongue is the rudder of our, of our vessel and if, if, if it is not working properly, then everything is going to be messed up. That's why uh, God wants to get a hold of people's tongues, and he wants you to speak in a new tongue. That is evidence, that is sign that, hey, he's got control of the whole ship. Because if you control the rudder, guess what? You have control over the whole ship. And that Bible says that when you receive the Holy Ghost, you're going to hear a sound, and you're going to speak in another language. That sound is you speaking in tongues of a heavenly language, and that is the sound that uh, Jesus hears when he's got a hold of that rudder in our mouth. That means he has control over you because the Spirit has come inside. Aren't you thankful that Jesus got a hold of you? Amen. We need to continue to let him steer us and guide us, and if you haven't spoken in other tongues uh, since you believed, you're missing out, but God has a promise and a gift to you that you too can receive the Holy Ghost like we all have have and like the book of Acts talks about where suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind and it filled all the house where they were sitting and they began to speak in other tongues as the spirit gave them utterance and, and so that's how critical our, this little tongue is this little member of our body it signifies so much doesn't it And people that don't have control over their tongue they guess what they say things that can be offensive and hurtful. Uh, and so James's point is the same when it comes to our tongue. Such a small part of our body, it can have uh, such a great purpose. Our tongue has the power to bless somebody, to speak the words of blessing into their life, but it also has the power to curse somebody. We can say hurtful things that can cut through and cut down people. We can lift somebody up with this tongue and we can encourage them and yet it also we can destroy them and say things that will hurt them. It's words that we hear and say that help produce and give us direction in our life. And so we want God to have control over the most important thing of our life uh, in our body, and that is the, the rudder, that is the tongue. And so if God hasn't got a hold of you, if you haven't heard yourself speak in another language, there's something waiting for you, there's a promise, and then that we, have, we all need to be filled with that and experience that so that we can allow God to steer us in His direction for His purpose. Amen. And so we know that uh, words are powerful and they come from uh, our mouth and by our tongue. 
And the psalmist said, that's why we look to the word of God, that the la- it is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. And so if you want to find purpose and direction, we got to go to the word of God. And that's going to point us where we need to go. He said that if I hide it in my heart, then I should not sin against God. That's how powerful uh, this is and a word can be. And so the devil understands this and he knows. And so the devil also likes to speak things, right? But the things that he's going to speak are not going to be encouraging. They're not going to be uplifting, but they're going to try to tear us down. They're going to speak a, a hurt into our life and pain and defeat and, and try to speak in, in discouragement in our life. Uh, that's why uh, we need to understand how critical it is by the very the small things that matter the most, and it can be just down to our, our tongue. And no matter what the enemy may say, uh, we read in the Word of God that we are loved of God, that He loves us, that He died for us, that uh, when I fall and make mistakes, He's there to lift us up. He, he has uh, grace and mercy for every single one of us, uh, that not, not just to tear us down, but to build us up and forgive us of our sins. Amen. And so you need some direction in your life. we got to go to the Word of God, and He will never leave us or forsake us. Amen. And so every person desires to uh, be wanted, to be needed, uh, to, be, uh, to be a helping hand. And we want to feel like there is a purpose in our life. And so that our existence is not just some accident, but God has something for each and every one of us. And I know that he does, and we all have our place in the body of Christ. We all have our own uh, ministry in his kingdom, a place of worth and of purpose. But it's when we try to place ourselves into places and positions that God doesn't need us to be in that we can get off track, that our, something's happened with our steering or our rudder's off, and maybe we're not listening to the directions, and we can lose our sense of purpose Uh, Because we aren't in God's will anymore and we're functioning in our own will. We've taken over the the reins, the control, and said, oh, I'm going to go and do this. But when we are living for our will, what separates us uh, from everyone else in the world is that we have uh, heard from God and we can respond to his word, and we know where to go to get direction. So sometimes we may veer off course, but we know how to get back on course, right? That is to find an altar of repentance, to find the word of God, to listen to his voice again, uh, and then we can uh, be reconnected with his purpose in our life. And so what separates a child of God apart from anyone else in this world is... Uh, they are living for their will, and we are living for His will, right? Because once one God, once God takes over the the ship, Amen. We surrendering uh, the helm, we're surrendering our steering wheel of the ship, and say, God, uh, you take the you take over. Uh, because I've crashed many times, and I don't know really where I'm going. I may think I do, but I really don't know. Uh, and so the word of God calls us to come out from among them and be, sep- be separate, saith the Lord, so that God can begin a work inside of us. And when we turn to the word of God for direction and purpose, it is there uh, that we have a-, a glimpse of what God wants for us. And he wants to separate us from the people of the world. Uh, because we are separated for his purpose, right? He's called us out of that and says, I got something great for your life. And that is, there's this distinguishing factor in our life that separates us uh, from everyone else. What distinguishes us from any other uh, religion is that God's hand is upon us. That there is an anointing oil that has been poured over uh, us when we receive the Holy Ghost. We receive the, the power uh, to be a witness and the power to uh, stand for Him and to be a light and a salt in this world. And so the question is, what separated David from his brothers? 
The only thing that separated him besides age uh, and, you know, physical uh, characteristics was that the, the main thing, what mattered most, what separated David from his brothers was that there was a horn of oil that was poured over his head and that began to distinguish him from the rest of his brothers and began to separate him for God's purpose in his life. And we see that even Samuel, when he went to uh, anoint the, the, the next king of Israel, if it was up to Samuel, he would have anointed the wrong person. Right? We see in verse 5, he says, Peaceably, I am come to sacrifice to the Lord. Talking to Jesse, sanctify yourselves. Come with me to the sacrifice. He sanctified Jesse and his sons and called them to the sacrifice. It came to pass when they were come, he looked on Eliab and he said, Surely this is the Lord's anointed is before him. But the Lord said unto Samuel, Look not unto his countenance or his height of his stature, because I have refused him. For the Lord seeth not as a man seeth, for man looketh on the outward appearance, but God looketh on the heart. And so there's something deep down inside that God that really matters most. It's not the surface, it's not what's above the surface, it's not how big the boat is, but what matters most is what beneath the surface, and that is uh, that rudder of that ship. Uh, Samuel looked at that ship and said, man, what a great ship, Right? But God said, no, his rudder's not, his rudder's broke, right? It's not, it's not, there's something that I don't approve of and I don't like there. Uh, And he said, surely this is the guy, he looks like a king, but God said, no, he is not the king. And Samuel called for the next son, and okay, maybe it's the next in line. And no, he kept getting no's and rejections. And finally, after seven sons being denied by the Lord, uh, Samuel said, is this all your sons? Surely I've, I heard from the Lord. I'm here for a purpose and I'm here to anoint somebody. Uh, and is there, do you have any more sons? And, uh, that yet there was David out tending the sheep. The Bible says he was a little ruddy. He didn't, he, he just kind of stand up, stood apart from everyone else. But what separated him and what mattered most uh, from his brethren was that the anointing was poured over his head. David was a man just like everybody else until the man of God came and took that horn of oil and began to pour it out over his life because it's the anointing of God that separates from everybody else. It's the anointing that distinguishes the called and those that are chosen. It's the anointing that sanctifies us and makes us stand out from the world. And so what makes apostolic praise different than every other church in the town is that uh, this is a, there's an anointing here in this place. There's an anointing that happens when we come and gather together. And that's what distinguishes us. That's what matters most is the anointing of God that is being poured out in our lives. What separates their church from our church? I believe we have an anointing here. What separates our worship from their worship? If we're singing the same songs, hey, but there's something different than an anointed worshiper and somebody who is not anointed. Uh, What separates our singers and musicians from theirs is that there's an anointing. There's an oil that's been poured out upon everybody. And the anointing, that's what makes the difference. Uh, because if there's just a gathering of people around singing songs, and what good is it if, if God is not there? What good is it if God, sh- if God is uh, not present in the church service? then it's just a gathering. But I'm thankful that we can feel the power of God here. I'm thankful we feel what makes the difference is the power and the presence of God and the anointing of God that comes upon us when we receive the Holy Ghost And he gets a hold of our tongue, and we begin to speak in another language as the evidence of receiving his precious spirit. And so it's because uh, we have something that is different than many other believers, and that is uh, receiving the Holy Ghost and hearing the sound that the Bible says that you know when you received it. If you haven't heard a strange sound of you speaking in other tongues, 
I'm here to tell you there's something still out there for you. And even still, when you get the Holy Ghost, that's not the end because there's all kinds of levels and doors and, and places to go in the Holy Ghost. It's not the, it's not the end all. It's just the beginning of a new walk with God, the beginning of an anointed life with Him. And so that is what makes the difference. 1 John 2 and 27 says, But the anointing which ye have received of him abideth in you, and ye need not that any man teach you, but as the same anointing teaches you all things, and is truth, and no lie, even as it hath taught you, ye shall abide in him. And so, as the anointing is figuratively poured out, like it happened on uh, David's life, that it was physically poured, poured out, uh, but it's... It's, we don't have that physical uh, encounter. I mean, we do anoint with oil, but we don't uh, pour out a whole horn of oil over everybody's head because uh, it's a spiritual anointing that comes with His Spirit inside of us. Uh, and so it's the anointing that abides inside of us. The anointing teaches us all things. And Jesus talked about this in John fourteen twenty six, talking about the Comforter which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name. He shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I have said unto you. And so when you are filled with this precious Holy Ghost, as evidenced by speaking in other tongues, then the anointing from God's Spirit begins to flow in our life, and that's what separates us even more so from the world. And so if you haven't received the Holy Ghost, don't leave here without it. I know we like what we feel on the outside when we come, but hey, that can come on the inside. You can get that anointing on the inside when we surrender to Him and allow God to have full access uh, to our mind and our body, and that is when we receive uh, the Holy Ghost. We've got to repent of our sins, baptize in that precious name, the name that we talked about. There's no greater name than the name of Jesus. That's why we get baptized in His name. If you have not been baptized in Jesus' name, you need to do that because the Bible commands that. Uh, if you've been baptized in the name of the Father, Son, Holy Ghost, nobody was baptized uh, by that in the Bible. They all baptized in the name of Jesus because that Jesus is the Father. Jesus is the Son. Jesus is the name of the Holy Ghost. And so that is why you need to do that as well. Amen. And so receiving the anointing of God through His presence is what separates and distinguishes everyone else, uh, us from the world. Uh, not that we are better than anybody else, but that we are just being obedient to the Scripture. Everyone needs to get the Holy Ghost, right? Everyone needs that anointing. Everyone needs uh, the Spirit of God inside of their life. Everybody needs to speak in tongues because uh, that is a sign of a believer is to speak in new tongues. Amen. And so we don't need to trust in programs or parties or, or events and all these things, we need to put our trust in the Word of God because we can't, uh, we, can't, we can't compete with bigger churches that have more money. They can put on better programs. But what good is it if they don't have the anointing of God pouring out in their services? What good is it if people go to church and they leave the same? I want to go to a church where I leave different, where I've been impacted by the power of God and the anointing. I've felt the anointing being poured out. And so that's the kind of church that we need to go to. To and we need to have and we need to help uh, provide for the community is to be a church that is anointed of God because ultimately that is what matters most is the oil of God being poured out in our lives. And as long as we stay under the horn of oil, as long as the anointing is being poured out in our lives and God will continue to set us apart, but if for whatever reason we step out from the flow of the oil, uh, then we begin to separate, separate ourselves from what God is trying to do in our lives. And we know that there are plenty of places to go to have a, a, a good time or a good service or a good church service. But I, uh, what, the, what Fort Myers needs is a place where they can go to be transformed. They need a place that has the power to deliver from sin and addiction, from the powers of this world, of the darkness. And I'm telling you, what they need is an anointed church. And here, apostolic praise has been anointed by God. And so there we can see the miracle signs 
and wonders that uh, the Bible speaks about because there is something that matters more than everything else, and that is his power and his presence in our life. So the anointing oil is what separated David from his brothers. The anointing oil is what purposed David to become the king of Israel. But without the oil, David would not have been king. Without the oil, he would have nothing. He would still be uh, tending his father's sheep or, or whatever alternate life he would have had. But he would not have been king if it wasn't for the oil. And so how valuable is that oil? And how valuable is uh, the oil in our lives? Uh, Because without that, we we really are nothing. Without the hand of God in our life, without His grace and mercy, we are nothing. And so once something has been anointed with oil, it's been separated unto God for His use and His purpose, it becomes holy and uh, separated. And so we can see... That when God told Moses to make uh, the anointing oil, and he's, the purpose for making this oil was to separate things apart for the Lord's service. And so whatever was going to be used in the sanctuary of the Most High had to be anointed with this oil that God uh, told Aaron and, and, and Moses to uh, to make and so in Exodus thirty twenty five, it says, "Thou shalt make an oil of holy, holy ointment, an oil, an ointment compound after uh, the art of the apothecary. It shall be an anointing oil. Thou shalt anoint the tabernacle of the congregation therewith, and the ark of the testimony, the table and his vessels, the candlestick and vessels, altar and incense and." All of those things, thou shalt sanctify them, that they may be most holy whatsoever thou uh, touchest them shall be holy. And he continues on uh, to tell uh, what needs to be anointed. And so, and then he goes on to say in verse 33, it says, Whosoever compoundeth any like it, or whosoever putteth any of it upon a stranger, shall even be cut off from his people. And so when God gave Moses the recipe for the oil, he said, anybody else tries to make any kind of a similar thing, you need to cut them out. Uh, If they start anointing other things and poured it on something that is not meant to be anointed, uh, you need to get rid of that. And so the anointing oil was so sacred that they were commanded not to take any similar oil or to anoint anything that was not Uh, purposeful so there was no generic brand of it you could not buy a cheaper version on Amazon well uh, you I mean that's what we do nowadays right Uh, the cheaper version of it but there's no cheaper version of the Holy Ghost right it's either all or nothing you either got the Holy Ghost or you don't uh, because without it you are we are nothing we're still uh, still a person lost in this world and we're still struggling from the powers of sin but I'm thankful that the Holy Ghost is available to everyone uh, whosoever will and so they were forbidden to pour it out on whatever they wanted uh, and uh, if they were to make light of it or pour on a stranger or make similar blends, then uh, they would be kicked out of uh, the camp because the, th- the one thing that makes a difference really is serious and sacred. And so the, the priests and ministers of God were anointed. The tabernacle and everything was anointed. And with that same oil, God told Samuel, fill up your horn and go anoint the next king of Israel. And so if Samuel's horn was empty and there was no more oil, then that would have changed everything, right? There wouldn't be a David. There wouldn't be the next king of Israel. Uh, What if people got lazy and they didn't make any more oil? They thought that they had enough to, the, for them to last, but really the oil ran out sooner than what they expected. Uh, Jesus tells us about a parable uh, about that in the last days of the ten virgins, how five filled their lamps with oil, and then they also brought some extra with them. And the other five thought that they had what they had was good enough to get them through, 
uh, until uh, he returned, and it turns out uh, that they came up short because they filled their lamps with oil uh, last week or last service or last year, whenever the, whenever the last time you were uh, renewed in the Holy Ghost, uh, we, we don't need to uh, bank on that. We need to constantly be re- refilled with the Holy Ghost, right? Constantly be renewed in the power, in the presence of God because we constantly need more fresh oil in our life, right? We, we can't depend on an experience that we did 10 years ago. I need a fresh touch today. We can't depend upon a service last week or last month. No, I need a fresh touch today. I want God to pour out some more oil in my life today because I need him more now than I did yesterday and so who knows how long it's going to be until he returns but until then we got to make sure that uh, we are guarding what matters most and that is the oil of God in our life and the anointing in our life so what good is having a lamp if you got no oil right so many people will walk around with their lamps but if you don't got any oil in it it's not going to do any good for you uh, and so God forbid that we, we, we get to use uh, uh, the oil, but we never refill it. Or we never ask God to pour more into our lives, and we get to burn everything out. Uh, that's a recipe for disaster. We need a fresh touch every single day. Uh, we need the rivers of living water to constantly be flowing in our lives and out of our lives. Uh, and so we understand what matters most is the anointing of God in our lives. Ecclesiastes 10 and 1 says, Dead flies cause the ointment of the apothecary to send forth a stinking savor. And so, uh, like I said, getting the oil is not the end all. Uh, once we get the oil, we got to protect the oil, right? We got to guard the oil. We got to watch over. We got to make sure there's constantly being replenished. And we got to keep the things out of it. And we got to keep it stocked and filled and flowing. And most importantly, we got to keep it pure and clean. Because nobody wants to hang out with uh, where flies are, right? And so if you get flies in your oil, uh, there's something wrong, right? Uh, and the, we, we, it doesn't matter. Uh, a, a bad attitude can be a bad fly, right? It's because we're not out in the world sinning doesn't mean we can get stuff in our, in our, in our oil. We can pollute our oil. Uh, a, bad, uh, a bad attitude will turn away a lot of people too, right? Uh, and so we got to be on guard over the ointment and, and what matters most. Uh, 2 Corinthians 7 says, Having therefore these promises, dearly beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and of the spirit, perfecting ho- holiness in the fear of God. And so the devil doesn't like that you've been anointed by God, and he would like to see you uh, leave the church and, and backslide and become a, a lazy person that is guarding the oil and letting flies or filthiness get into it because uh, the sacred oil uh, of the apothecary can stink if we allow things into our life that shouldn't be in there, right? Flies from this world of sin can come into your life if you're not guard. If you leave the doors open, guess what? Flies will get in your house. Uh, and so we always got to be on guard. Flies of worldliness, flies of sin or lust or bad attitudes. We're, we're blessed to have the anointing oil, but we need to stand guard over it. We need to watch and pray and, uh, and guard it with everything that we have because without it, without the oil of God, what do we have? We're left with nothing. We're left with just ourself. We're left with our, our talents, our abilities. We're left with our righteousness, which none of those things matter. But the only thing that matters in the last days is the oil of God in our lives. So we got to make sure uh, we are keeping ourselves full and overflowing with the oil of God uh, in our lives. Genesis chapter 15, uh, God makes a covenant with Abram. Abram builds an altar, sacrifices animals on it, but before the fire was started and consumed the sacrifice, the Bible says that the fowls of the air were coming down trying to 
steal and to eat of the sacrifice that Abram was going to offer up before the Lord. And, and where was Abram? He wasn't inside his tent uh, sitting on his lazy boy watching a show. Uh, he wasn't... Uh, bragging about how he's building altars for God. He wasn't on social media wasting half his day there. He wasn't telling the world what he was doing. Uh, he wasn't distracted with all kinds of entertainment. Uh, no, uh, Abram was there fighting against the fowls of the air, swatting them away because he understood this is what matters most. The things that God likes and wants is what matters most in our life. We got to make sure that we are there guarding it and protecting it from whatever may come and try to steal it away. If we leave things unguarded, the devil's going to come and try to get them, right? And if we leave what matters most unguarded, we can lose out on what God has in store for us. And so we have to watch, be watchful, uh, be prayerful, uh, be following the word and the voice of the Lord so that we can uh, see what God has for us with the calling that he has on our life. And so what is the anointing oil if we get lazy or get complacent? If we allow flies to get into our life and we cause things to stink, we, uh, we need to be on guard, guard more than ever before, especially in these last days, to have a watchful eye. We've got to make sure our, our wicks are trimmed. We've got to make sure our lamps are full. As the, the story, as we mentioned about the, the, the ten virgins, the return of Jesus is so soon. We don't want to be the ones caught without any oil in our lamps, walking around thinking like everything is fine. we got to make sure that there is enough oil in our lamp to keep it burning until he returns and not get comfortable with the way things are going on uh, in our lives, especially now with, with Israel in the Middle East. As we know, that is now the headlines every single day uh, as People were hoping things were getting a little bit better, and maybe it looked like it was for a little bit, but uh, things ramping back up again. Uh, our, our ships and our cargo vessels, they're getting attacked and getting shot at. Uh, and so uh, it's, it's, it's a thing to definitely watch. But what something like that should do to us is cause us to seek out God even more, right? God, we, we, we hear what the news is saying, and that should drive us to an altar every single day. That should just drive us more closer into his presence because we don't know what this world is in store for, but we need to make sure that we are a hold of God and get close to him because that is what matters most, right? It doesn't matter how much money we've accumulated in, with our life, if at the end time when Jesus shows up, we don't have any oil in our lamp, what good is all the money in the world, right? What good is the big fancy house and fancy car if he can't get into the, uh, with the bride, uh, with the bridegroom because we have no oil, right? What good is a big, beautiful, brand new uh, cargo ship if the rudder is, is all messed up and you can't steer it to where you want to go? It becomes uh, a, a worthless vessel, and an oil without lamp is, is not meant for what it's built for, right? And so if we are walking around without uh, the, the anointing in our life, then we really are walking on dangerous turf, Right, we we don't want to be uh, aligned and caught up and, and caught away with whatever's going on in the world or uh, every wind of doctrine, things that are blowing around nowadays. We got to make sure that we are close to the Lord and even so closer uh, than ever before. Uh, musicians, you'd come. Uh, First Chronicles tells us how David understood how valuable. The oil was. Because David remembers that it was the oil that separated him from his brothers. The anointing oil that was poured over his head. And he understood this value, what mattered most. And he wasn't going to let the oil stop flowing in his life or in the kingdom. He wasn't going to let the oil run out. And he wasn't going to let flies or, or filth get in. Even though he stumbled and fell a few times, uh, aren't you thankful for the grace of God? 
that even though we know who he is, that sometimes we may fall and mess up and make mistakes, but his grace is still there uh, to, for us to come back and repent and to get back in line with him. And so David, the king of Israel, had uh, power to do anything and everything he wanted, but he made sure that there was somebody watching over the oil because he understood that is the oil that mattered most. First Chronicles 27, it says, Over the king's treasuries was Asmaveth, the son of Adiel, and over the storehouses in the fields, in the cities, in the villages, in the castles, was Jehonathan, the son of Uzziah. Over them that did the work of the field for tillage of the ground was Ezri, the, the son of Chelub. And over the vineyards was Shimei, Shimei the Ramathite. Over the, in, over the increase of the vineyards for the wine cellars was Zabdi, the shipmite. And over the olive trees and the sycamore trees that were in the low plains was Baal-Hanan, the Gerdite. And over the cellars of oil was Joash. Because David understood what mattered most. That he made sure that there was somebody watching over the cellars of oil. Because if the oil ever runs out, you're, you're out of everything, right? There's nothing more uh, that you need in your life. You need the oil uh, of God to flow. And, and, and David understood and he made sure, hey, when, there's, when you're running low on oil, you need to get some more oil. Because without that oil in my life, I would be nothing. Without the oil poured out of, over me, I would just be wretched, a, a lost sinner, lost in my own ways and, and stuck by uh, my, own, in my own addictions and my own ways. But but thankfully the oil came in one day in my life and was poured over and I surrendered myself and I allowed God to fill me with his presence and his spirit and I began to give control over to this, to this rudder of my, of my vessel and allowed God to use it to give him glory as we began to speak in other tongues. Uh, and so down in the cellars, down beneath the surface, while everybody else up on, up on the surface was uh, in the limelight or uh, being noticed by everybody else, one of the most important men in the kingdom was Joash. I doubt many people knew about him. Maybe they didn't really know who he was or his occupation. But in the eyes of the King David, he was, more, he was important enough to be put in the Scripture as somebody who watches over the oil. Uh, and so we don't need to be looking, uh, running to the limelight, running for people's uh, approval uh, on the surface level because what's on the surface doesn't always matter. Man looks on the outward of countenance, but God looks at the heart. And so as long as deep down inside you're watching over the oil, that's what matters most. Keep that cellar of oil full because that is what matters most in our life. And without the oil, we really have nothing. You stand with me today. Joash was the keeper of oil. And I can hear David telling him, don't let the oil get low. Don't let the oil run out. Don't let flies get into it. Don't let roaches or bugs get into the oil. Joash, I need you to guard my most precious treasure. And that is the oil because I remember when the oil was poured out over me and that is what separated me from everybody else. See, we don't have to have the most glamorous job in the kingdom. But we got to make sure we're doing what God has called us to do. And if that means just to be a keeper of the oil, there's nothing more important than that than watching over the oil in your life. You don't need to be serving in the spotlight. No, Joe Ash, you'll be down underneath the surface, away from everybody else, away from the lights, away from the fame, away from the fortune, away from all the crowds of people. And Joe Ash, I can't express to you how important this job is and what matters most is Joe Ash will you guard the oil for me will you watch over the oil because without the oil 
I would not be in this. Without the oil, I would not be separated from my brothers. It is this oil that uh, enabled me to become king over Israel. And I'm not going to let anything happen to it. And Joash, will you guard the oil for me? And so each and every one of us that has received the Holy Ghost, the precious Spirit of God, has received this, uh, the anointed presence of God in our lives. And we need to make sure that we are not distracted by what's going on in the surface and forsaking the, the seller of oil in our life. But we need to make sure that first and foremost that we are guarding the oil in our life. Because ultimately that matters most, doesn't it? The parable of the, virg- the, the ten virgins, as I said, how critical the oil is to be carrying around a lamp, thinking you're a part of the party, and, and every, the fires are all burning one day, but uh, all of a sudden one day the next day comes, and there's no more fire in your life and no more oil to burn, and you got to run back and, and to try to get more supply. Meanwhile, the, the, the bridegroom comes and misses out. Let's not get caught up with with all the fancy things. Don't get dismayed when you drive by a church that's bigger than ours. That's okay. They may have a bigger building, but what's down in the cellars is what's most important. Is there any oil in there? And I know there's the oil of God flowing here in our lives. And so we are all a keeper of the oil. we got to keep the oil in this place and keep the oil in your home. Keep the oil in your life uh, because that ultimately is what matters most. God, help me to forsake all the other things. Help me to teach my children that the oil is the most important thing not all the the programs and all those things but we got to make sure we've got to have the oil flowing in our life amen i want to open up these altars today we want to come and maybe step take a few steps down into the cellar and say god help me to check on my oil today help me to to stir up the oil inside of me and get that to flow again and if you feel like you're running low there's some more oil being poured out here today the horn is being poured out the presence of god is being poured out come what is it you need from him today if you haven't spoken in other tongues, why don't you come on down and get seek that experience with God because the anointing oil is what you need in your life and it's what matters most. Come on, let's get a let's come and check in with the Lord. Leave the surface behind, God. Let me go downstairs to what matters most. Help me, Jesus. Replenish my oil today. Me get a fresh touch from you. I can't use the oil from last week, God. I need some new oil today. Come on, will you come and seek Him? Will you come and open up your heart? God, we need you today. What matters most is the oil. Let's pray. Let's minister with one another. Let God use your tongue to speak into somebody's life. Words of encouragement. My, we're in this together. Hallelujah, Jesus. We need each other in these last days. I need you. You need me. And we need the oil of God. Hallelujah. Fill us up.
Amen, amen. It's exciting to see people getting born of the water, baptized in Jesus' name. Amen. Be sure to uh, congratulate Sylvia being baptized in Jesus' name. She couldn't remember how she was baptized. I said, well, we, we need to make sure, right? That's that important. Amen. So if you haven't been baptized, we can baptize you again today in Jesus' name. Amen. We know that God's got great plans in store for Sylvia and for everybody else, right? What matters most is the, the power, the anointing of God. Amen. And we want to uh, be a part of that. Amen. We're going to close out uh, service today. We want to uh, we want to anoint this uh, handkerchief, this cloth for Brother Basor's son, right? Okay. And get some guys and come gather around and pray. We're anointed it with the oil. Amen, amen. God bless you all. Dismissed. Don't forget to keep guarding the oil in your life.